This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy & Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our website. Check it out at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. Throughout COVID, more and more businesses need to go online and Gav can help you do that. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. If you need some help with your online presence, then get into contact with the team at www.mulkay.com.au slash marketing. Now I can actually provide a service for you through the podcast. So mention Big Head Chats while you're there and the guys will give you a free website report on your current website, which gives you an idea of how it is performing with SEO, page load and many other aspects. It also gives you recommendations for changes that can be made. So, uh, yeah, jump on it quick because I can finally give you something, listeners. But for now, let's jump into this week's episode. Let's go. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the Big Head Chats podcast. Today, I have the honor of welcoming in my good friend, Tim Spears, a peak performance and mindset coach based right here in Melbourne. A wonderful entrepreneurial story that has taken action to change his life to be able to live and do what he wants. And he's just a really good fella. So I can't wait to dive into it. Spearsy, welcome <laughs> to the show, mate. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ollie. I'm, I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Now, first off, mate, it's I'm here in Melbourne also. It's pretty grim. Um, <laughs> and all around Victoria, how are you traveling through lockdown at the moment? Yeah, well, man, man, it has, has its challenges. I mean, this is the thing, dude. I'm... I am, I do practice as a peak performance mindset coach and there's still some days that are challenging for me to. So it's like, it's, it is a challenging time, but I think this is the importance of, you know, having a good environment, having good friends, having good family that love and support you because, um, yeah, man, like, I think no matter what you've done or who you are, I think this time, times are pretty challenging and in different time, my man, down here in Melbourne. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think... Like some of the strongest people I know, or you know, they have that strong persona and they seem really level-headed. Like you, even you guys have those tough days. So I think that just shows totally. you how crazy this whole period is. Yeah, totally, dude. I agree. I was even thinking about it the other day, dude. Um, you know, because I've I've gotten better at you know becoming aware of when I do slip into whether I'm overwhelmed or frustrated or just pissed off. At, you know what's going on. Um, I get good at catching myself and sort of just breaking out of that. And then um, it really comes down to, dude, you know, having a good support network, doing doing the work consistently each day. But, yeah, man, as I said, like, I work with a lot of business owners who have that, you know, that savage mentality where it's just like, go, go, go. And it's like nothing really troubles them too much. But, dude, I haven't spoken to one so far who hasn't had, you know, at least one day where they just felt like shit. You know what I mean? Mm. So... It's um even for any of your listeners dude, who who are like if they are going through stuff, it's like it's completely natural to be like overwhelmed or frustrated or just like the uncertainty of what's going on. Um, I think everyone's going through some of that here in Melbourne. Yeah, I think I mean one one of my mates put it perfectly. You got to almost embrace those negative feelings. Let it sort of you know let it run its course a little bit, you know, in, embrace what it is and then, but then as you said, have those ways of, you know, getting back on track, have your, your support network and, and your plans and, 
and what you're getting up to to keep yourself busy uh, during lockdown. Totally, dude. Totally, my man. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great share. I feel, I feel like whenever, like you know, any of my clients come and they're like they're a bit like pissed off or they're upset or they're sad or they're frustrated, or even me, for instance, when I'm like feeling any of those negative emotions, I always just think about like these negative emotions aren't who I am. Like I'm not a sad guy. I'm not depressed. I'm not frustrated or whatever the feeling is. It's like these feelings aren't really who I am. They're just a part of me. Everyone yeah. feels sad sometimes. You know, like an old man, like LeBron James would feel sad sometimes. Tiger Woods would feel sad sometimes. Donald Trump would feel sad sometimes. Everyone feels these different emotions, but it's about becoming aware of, it's not okay to feel that way and just realize it's not for who you are at a deep level. It's just, it's just a part of you. Everyone feels them and yeah. it's about acknowledging them and then saying, okay, I feel like shit. What can I do to help? Can I go for a run? Can I go for a walk? Can I journal? Can I meditate? What is it that's going to get me back to my who I really am, which is like a happy, optimistic guy? Yeah, you're exactly right. I think that's that's definitely one thing I've I've tried to do during lockdown. Is as soon as those sort of you know you get those feelings coming in, it's like, radio. Let's I'll get out to the shed. I'll lift some weights. I'll go shoot the basketball. Yep. Or like we were saying before, we jumped on. Like go for a walk, get a coffee. Um, totally. you know those little coffee things. Vibes. Coffee vibes. That they seriously. I I reckon if you were ever like really down. Go, if you can, find a friend, go for a walk and grab a coffee because there's nothing that would brighten your day more than, you know, getting up early, feel the air, talking shit with your mate and, and grabbing yep. a brew. <laughs> it's the vibe of it, mate. More, it, mate. The, the vibe Every of getting a coffee is better than the actual coffee. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm having one right now. I actually made the, uh, had the intention to go get one before our session so I could sit down. It's like we're having a coffee together, mate. So exactly. oh, I completely agree. Every day, every day, there's a there's a coffee that's had and a good chat is a good day. Oh, spot on, spot on. Now, were you we at all hopeful that restrictions were going to be, or like the step by step plan announced on mm-hmm. Sunday, that restrictions were going to be lifted, or were you like me and you had that sort of inkling that you know I probably know it's not going to be lifted? Yeah, yeah, dude. This is the thing. I'm an, I'm an, I'm, you know me, Oliver. Like I'm a, I'm an optimistic guy. I look on the bright side of things, but I'm also a realist as well. And I, and I look at the, the everything that's going on and, and I had in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't think that we'll go back to quote unquote normality from, from Sunday the 13th. I'm like, I just couldn't see it happening. Um, but, but as a business owner, dude, and as a guy who just wants to get out and, you know, <laughs> communicate with people and just really have a good time again. Um, I really just say to myself, like, look, like however long, however long, this lockdown or restrictions go for it's just like it's it's really just going to play its own part it's only it's going to play itself out all all i really focus on dude is like well the longer we're on lockdown the longer i get to you know learn and grow and have this amount of time where i'm just sitting in my apartment working every day um i think about it dude and i'm like it's probably going to be a time you know whether it's next year two three years from now where i sit back and think Fuck, I actually wish that I could just stay at home for six weeks and get a whole bunch done mm-hmm. to catch up. You know what I mean? So I'm sort of like looking at this as like however long lockdown goes for, it is what it is, but I've just got to try and use it to the best of my ability, like grow the business, grow myself, um, and, and go down that path. So, I mean, I find the more, more that I try and think, oh, I really hope that stage four is done. Like I hope it's over this weekend. All that stuff, like it's all good to, to hope for that, and I hope it's over as quickly as, as anyone else. 
Um, but it's also a part of being like, well, what's plan B? If it doesn't, if restrictions don't lift for another two weeks, what am I going to do? Like it's about, it's about expecting the best, but being prepared for the worst as well, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Great way of putting it. And we're going to dive into almost how lockdown has benefited your business and the way that you work a bit mm. later. But mm. I want to start just real quick. How much are you missing our chats on the way down to Ballarat and back for footy? So for the listeners that don't know, Spearsy and I play <laughs> footy down in Ballarat together, North Ballarat City. Shout out. Um, and, you know, us two and, and Sammy Bromley Lynch, um, who jumped yep. on the pod a few weeks ago, Usually yep. just, you know, share a car ride down and back and there's some great chats involved. So how much are you missing that? Dude, I fucking miss it. Totally. It's actually a, like that trip, dude, obviously we do. We live down here in Melbourne. It's like an hour. What is it, about an hour and 15? To yeah. Old Bella, right? Yep. Um, no, it's like, you know, two and a half hours, you know, each way. You know what I mean? Like the round trip. It, it actually is like a good release. I felt like... I do miss it because we used to talk about some abstract things, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was all sorts of combos. Um, but, mate, it comes back to, like, what we were just talking about before, about, like, getting having a coffee and having a just good chat with a mate. That's what we were doing, you know, an hour and 15, where we would just fucking chat about yeah. guy things, about relationships, about footy, about, you know, your study, about work, about what we're all going to do, our vision and stuff like that. And... It's it's crazy <laughs> to think because, you know, you, so you can't do anything else in the car. So, like, you, you li- that's literally two totally. and a half hours to three hours of, in one day where you are forced to just... Bike, hey? Yeah, lucky, <laughs> lucky we get along. Um, but, you know, it's that period where you actually can't do anything else. You know, you, you're sort of forced to go away from work and everything you're thinking about and you just get yeah. to sort of have a release for three hours and just chat shit, which I don't reckon, you know, many people would do or would give the time in their day to do that because, you know, they sort of go, go, go all the time. But I reckon it's a great release and just, you know, that was the most chilled out, of, you know, I would be... In my entire week, definitely. so definitely, do. definitely I, something yeah, that people I, should I, do. Definitely do. I, I agree. I feel like it was an outlet for, for me. I'm sure you're the same. Where I was like, I, as I was working from home, um, you know, all I'd really do was work, work, work. I actually looked. I was looking forward to Tuesday every week because I could finish it, like finish work at about two, two thirty, uh, where usually it would be like six or seven at night. I had the afternoon blocked out to just go fucking do something I love. I kicked the footy around, talk to mates, get some country fresh air. Um, so I actually used to, I actually used to look forward to it. Bro. I actually used to look forward to that to that trip. Yeah, it, so do I, mate. That's one that I'm definitely keen to get back into once um, lockdown's done. But I mean, we don't know with this yeah. vaccine when footy's even going to come back in the country True, um, league. So yeah. we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it, mate. Um, now we're going to start with you personally and your and your journey. Um, you know, and yep. where and how you got to where you are now. So let's start from the beginning. Um, first up, were you always the king of, king of Colac? Is that where you were born and grew up? Fucking hell. Was I always the king of Colac? The answer to that is yes. Yeah. Yes, I was. Um, no, nah, no, nah, mate. I, yeah, so I, I, I grew up in, in, in Colac, mate. I, I, was, I was blessed, mate. I grew up in a, uh, a very loving family. And to be honest, a nice community. Like, I, I talk... I don't talk badly about Colac. I mean, it was where I grew up. It was where a lot of my, you know, um, original friends, where we had this amazing connection. Um, so, yeah, man, I grew up in grew up in Colac. Um, went to school in Colac. And as I said, I grew up in a, 
very like loving family. We're all very, very connected, very, very, um, very caring. Um, but dude, so, so I guess to get into my story, dude, um, I guess this is, this is where you want to take it. I guess the big part of my story is I was like, I hated school. Down to a T. Like I, I, I hated it. Um, partly because I just wasn't that interested. Um, and, and you know, I look, I look back on it, man, and it was actually a time my fourth grade teacher, um, bless her soul, she said, um, if Tim put as much time into his schoolwork as he did his football, he might make it somewhere one day. <laughs> um, I look back on that, I'm like, well, it's good advice if I wanted to do, like, to be, you know, um, I guess climb a, um, a corporate ladder or something like that. Yeah. But um, really, dude, I put all my energy into football. It was really all I did. Footy, 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 all through primary school, footy. Um, they wanted to keep me down a year, but we sort of just like kept on, kept on um, just like scraping my way through. Um, then nothing really changed throughout secondary school where it was just footy, footy, footy. Didn't really have that much interest in um, in the schoolwork as such. Well, let's just be honest, absolutely no interest. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, so as a result, dude, I, got, I got good at footy. I got, I got very good at football. I was playing, um, you know, I was with the Geelong Falcons. Never played a game with the Falcons, but, but trained there, did the tryouts and stuff like that. Um, and it was very good. I had a good bunch of mentors around me. I had, obviously, it's good competition, you know, um, an environment, everything. You know, I was hanging around people who have been playing footy um, for a long time. They're very good at football. I was playing senior football at my local club when I was 15 years old. Um, and and my, I, got, I got good, but then there was one thing that really stands out there is I made like a mistake in school, which actually got me suspended indefinitely. This is when I was in um, year, year 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was... I was um, 17 at the time. 17 at the time, I was young for my year, so I was turning 18 the next year, um, which actually got me kicked off like the, the the list that I was on, like the, the Geelong Falcons. Actually got me kicked really? off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay. um, and, and dude, I literally, like I felt like my fucking whole world had been ripped away because all I'd really done was play football. All I'd really focused on was play football. I had all my eggs in that basket of being like, well, I'm shocking the school. Um, at least I can play footy. There's still hope that I'll, you know, my big dream was just to play AFL. It's really all I focused on. It's all I really did. Um, so when that happened, dude, it sort of just like it felt like my whole life had just been ripped from under my feet. Yeah. Um, and then that's when, dude, I sort of started to um make some stupid decisions. Started to experiment with with different things. Um, you know, started with alcohol, then led into drugs. And then, dude, really, like, the next three years of my life, when I was 18 up to about 21, I just, uh, I, it was a pretty dark place, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, it was a treacherous, um, like, spiral, out of control, drugs, alcohol, every weekend, stopped playing footy, um, moved out of home, and, and, and dude, just started to, started to make some, just some stupid decisions. Um, and then, there's there something really, like, stands out in my life, but I was, you know, um, early 20s. When a family friend of mine actually um, died, um, who was, you know, we really grew up together. Um, our family friends were like, you know, his mum and dad, my mum and dad were like very, very good friends since like primary school. So I grew up really associated with this guy who, unfortunately, you know, bless his soul, um, lost his life. He was in the same sort of scene as me, drugs, alcohol. And dude, it really made me realise like, fuck, like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just been pissing my life away for the last four, four years. Um, you know, I had people do like throughout that period of 
you know, when I was off the rails doing stupid things, like I had people tell me to like, you got to stop. Like, like it was pretty bad. Like I don't have to get into heaps of depth, but yeah. it, was, it was pretty, pretty bad. Like it wasn't just your usual, I oh, will go out um, and like have a few pills and blah, blah, blah. Like it was, it, it got pretty bad. Yeah. Cause um, I was, gu- I was going to ask sort of, I feel like, did you think in your head, you know, oh, I'm just, um, out partying, doing what young guys do, you know, experiment here and there. Is that what you sort of thought in your own mind was going on? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I justified it to myself, dude, because everyone else was doing it. Yeah. And this is the power of environment where it wasn't because, well, everyone wasn't doing it because it was right. It was just that everyone was doing it because we were doing it. Now, I don't, just, just I just want to say this. I don't blame anyone else for what I was doing. Like, the environment's important, but I was, pushing everyone just as much as they were pushing me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just want to pre-frame that and say I was I was usually even the um, the initiator who started it all. You know what I mean? So I can't sit here and say, oh, it was my environment that was the issue. I was saying I was the issue. Mm-hmm. Like I was the issue. Like I was the big problem. Um, but dude, this is the thing, I don't regret it. This is the funny thing when people say, oh, you must regret it. I don't regret a second no. of it. Because... I fucking enjoyed it. It was some of the funniest, some of the funniest shit happened. Some of the funniest relationships, some of the funniest nights out. Like, I don't regret any of it. I still talk to a lot of my friends, um, of that time who, um, you know, we still, we reminisce and say, fuck, it was, you know, Jesus, we wouldn't do it again. But it was the lesson in it, dude, where it was like, fuck, I had my fun. Then it was time to pull my head in. So, so yeah, dude, it did, to answer the question, like it did start with just having a bit of fun, go out of a weekend. Then one thing led to another, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're fucking five days into a bender. So it's like, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. It, 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 you know what I mean? So it, it, the intention was, oh, let's go have some fun, and then next thing we know, we're, yeah, we're, who knows? But, um, yeah, man, it was, you know, I had people around me. You could obviously see that I went from, you know, state-level football, all right, um, playing senior football when I was 15, I was also playing golf as well at state level when I was 16 as well. well um, you've never mentioned that. You're playing golf. <laughs> yeah. That's I, a, haven't I mentioned that? That's nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, used to play off, uh, used to play off four, actually, okay. for all the golfers who listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but I sort of give footy, give, give golf away. We really want to give footy away as well. It was just like, um, you know, that Saturday morning playing golf could be spent drinking. That's <laughs> why I looked at it back then. So I'm like, mm. well, I'll just do that. So I look back on it, dude, and I'm like, I had so many people, especially my parents, who I love very, very much. They were saying, you know, um, seemed like you got to pull your fucking head in. Like, you can't do this forever. And I was naive, thinking, oh, fuck, nothing's going to happen to me. It's all good. Yeah, 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 rah, 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 all good. Um, but then when the death happened in, like, the friend circle in the town, um, it, it, dude, it really fucking rocked me, as you could imagine. You know yeah. what I mean? And it also rocked my family because they were family friends and they sort of seen like fuck it could have been could have been me, could have been anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um that's that's where the, like the really the penny dropped through. Now there's a few things that happened after that as well, but that was the main significant thing um that really happened that made me think, you know, well life's short, I better pull my head in. Um and it wasn't long after that though that I didn't I didn't drink, I didn't take any drugs for uh, around about ten months. Um, and throughout that time, really got my health back on point. Um, started playing football again, started playing good football again. Um, and then, you know, long, long story short, um, really, cause I really invested in myself, started investing in my health and fitness. 
Um, got good at football again. The last two years of my um, career in Colac, won the won the best and fairest, which was like a big standout thing. Whereas, like, I went from not playing at all to coming back best and fairest, and it made me realize I'm like, fuck, anything's anything's possible if you put your mind to it. And then that's when I um, got invited to train at the Roosters, as you know. Ollie, the VFL, the VFL club that was in Ballarat before they folded. Yep. Um, got invited to play on that and then made it onto that list. Um, and that was the standout thing, dude, where I still live my life by that principle of I'm no different from anyone else. I was in a shit place. I'm talking a shit place of, you know, fuck, I mean, I was deeply depressed. Yeah. So insecure, anxious, you know. Um, I was just taking drugs, alcohol to mask my own insecurities. Let's just be real. Mm-hmm. Um, went from that to like taking care of myself, learning, growing, to making it onto a VFL list. It, that really is like a standout thing that I live my life by. Of like, fuck, if you just pull your head in, get your shit together, and start taking action on something that you actually love, like you can do anything you want. Yeah, and sometimes it is just that simple, I think. Like, you know, you can, you can hear people sort of make it sound like it's rocket... Uh, brain surgery or something, but it sometimes is that simple where it's just like, you know, pull your pull your finger out and and yeah. you know be clear on what you want to achieve. Uh, I guess totally. Um, now, yeah. so I never knew that you, that you stopped playing footy for how long did you stop playing footy for? Like a year or two. Um, so it was really it was so I stopped playing. I really pulled the pin when. Um, when I sort of got cut from that list, I was about 20, what would I have been? I don't want to butcher the whole story. I reckon, dude, I stopped playing footy for about six months. Yeah. Um, and it was only that my coach at the time at my local footy club, because I was living in Melbourne at this time with a um, XXX um, partner. Yeah. All right. Um, and he sort of convinced me to just sort of travel back for Saturdays to play, where I was playing in and out. Like, as you can imagine, I wasn't very serious about it. Um, I was playing two some games, then I was playing seniors one game, couldn't get a kick. Um, but yeah, man, I stopped playing for about six months. But really, like I stopped um, enjoying it and really like being invested in it for probably two years. Where I was playing resis, I was like in and out of the senior side, I had no interest. Um, so yeah, man, it was, was probably, it was six months where I didn't play, but probably about two years where I had a taste of the Harvey Norman, no interest. <laughs> yeah, so. Because I guess, especially in a in a country setting, you know, the footy club can be everything. Especially you know, mm-hmm. in places like Ballarat and, and Colac, um, you know, the yep. footy club is is everything. Looking back, is that sort of is that the point where you probably think that was the almost the rock bottom period? Because you know, where you go from loving something so much and it being such a big part of your life to all of a sudden you just have no interest in it, in it anymore. And it turns to I would rather go and drink and and do all those kind of yeah. things. Yeah, at the, at the time it didn't didn't seem like rock bottom because I was you know I, I was really I didn't really care that much about it. But um, yeah, man, looking back on it, I'm like that was like probably like the the darker steps of what was going on. Where I was just like nothing else going on except going out each weekend. So yeah, man, that that would have been close to close to rock bottom. Yeah, and I, I like what you were saying earlier about you didn't, you know, you were naive and you didn't realise maybe how bad it had gotten because I don't, I don't know, from personal experience and seeing other people I know 
maybe in a similar spot. It is hard to sort of know, mm. I think, when it's become a huge problem. Like, with the yeah. guys that are, you know, on that other level, like, you know, Ben Cousins addiction type area. Gotcha. You can yeah. sort of, I yeah. think you can sort of tell, but it's hard to know where to draw the line between the odd weekend here with a party with some mates and whatever to, yeah. you know, when it is an issue. I mean, do yeah. you, do you gotcha. find that now? Like, do you see, do you find it hard to differentiate? Uh, so, 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 yeah, man, I, I, it's a good question. It's a good point to bring up. I, um, this is why I don't really drink that much anymore, dude. I don't really do, um, like the going out thing much anymore. One, because I have a bad association to it where it's just like a, a point of my life where it brings back a whole bunch of memories and stuff like that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I know, like, I, I know a lot of people who go out, um, and they, this is the thing. I know a lot of people who go out, do it, you know, fucking send it for a weekend and then fucking hate themselves for it and say they never, they don't want to do it. But then they continue doing it and it becomes a thing of, oh, I don't want to do it. Like, it's just, it, it's just like, it's almost a part of them. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, I'm just going to go out this once or twice. Um, I, I see it that when I really pick up on it being like a real issue, it is hard when you're, when you're in, like, in the scene, it's really hard for you to pick up on, hey, like, this is an issue. But for someone from the outside looking in, they're like, dude, this is a real issue. Yeah. Fucking hell, pull your head in. Um, I feel like, you know, if you get to the point where you feel like the weekend is like a big escape for you and you also feel like the weekend is taken away from like things you love, like you can't be fucked like going to footy training or it's hindering a relationship or something like that, it's an issue. Yeah. But like you can sit here and say, oh, nah, it's just, we're just having fun and stuff like that. That's where I started. And then it went very, very downhill very quickly. Um, and it got to the point where it was like a, almost a, a place of no return where it was like, fuck now I'm in this far I was I was blessed dude that I um, you know I had that thing happen to me now I don't wish it upon anyone of you know if I could friend being taken I don't wish that upon anyone it's a terrible terrible thing I wouldn't wish it upon any any fucking person but but, but dude it, it made me realize that didn't happen dude I'm like fuck where would I be you know what I mean yeah so um, to, to go back to answer your question man I'm like it's hard to distinguish when it is like, fuck, it's an issue and we're just having fun. It's a very fine line. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. And I guess the the best part about your story is that, you know, you took that, you know, that pain and that hardship from experiencing something so tragic and actually, you know, turned it around and now look at you and what you're doing. But, you know, there's yeah. so many stories where the penny still doesn't drop. Like there's still that, totally, dude. And it's that's yep. the that's the the hardest part of the whole thing is you you know you you think you always hope with people like that that the penny is going to drop once you know don't want anything tragic to happen but you're like totally. maybe it has to to hopefully get that penny to drop and then when it does and they still don't change I mean <laughs> yeah, it's hard yeah. it's hard to watch it is it is because it is the thing and I don't I want to preframe this by saying I don't judge anyone dude, who does it. No, 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 no. I've done it, and I don't, I don't judge anyone because everyone's on their own path and shit like yeah. that. I'll, I'll just um, put my and, hand up as well and say I've done it also and been in that scene. So yeah, of course. You can't judge anyone yeah, at yeah. all, but yeah, continue. Totally, do. Totally, totally. There's no, no, no judgment whatsoever. But you know, you know, dude. Like I know people who had that same thing happen to them. Like my friends in the same circle had the same set of circumstances, the same. Thing happened and they're still doing the same thing. Yeah, you know, although you know, this six six years later or whatever it is. 
So I look at that man and it's like, yeah, you can go one or two ways. You can either wake up and say, fuck, like I need to change or you can keep doing what you're doing. And there's consequences for both. There's consequences if you do and there's consequences if you don't. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's, a, it's a topic that like, I could talk about it forever. Yeah. About, you know, what it means to use something like that to really drive yourself forward rather than keep yourself in the same place. Um, but, yeah, man, it's a, it's a deep, deep topic. Yeah, and so well, so since sort of that period of your life, the, the last sort of three years that I've known you and then, you know, maybe a couple of years before that, that you've sort mm-hmm. of, you know, made that change and, and decided to, you know, change your path. Um, yep. What Once you realised you wanted to make that change, what were your initial sort of goals and how did you go about it? Because I know you talk a lot about, you know, goal setting and planning and, and journaling yep. and being really clear on what you want to do. So can you talk me through sort of, what you wanted to do and how you want to go about it. Yeah. So, so I'll start at, um, I think a standout point is like, oh, there's, there's two standout points. So when I, when I sort of stopped what I was doing, all right, when that significant emotional event happened and I made a decision to say, Hey, all right, I need to get my shit together. What am I, what am I going to do? So really I cut the, um, I guess the pain off at the, at the source, which was the drugs and alcohol. So I just said, hey, look, I'm just going to fucking stop it. Um, yeah, it was hard, and it was some of the, it was the hardest thing that I had to do, really, like, to stop. Um, but then, dude, I was faced with another obstacle of, well, I don't know what the fucking hell I'm going to do. I'm <laughs> um, 20, you know, I was 23 at the time, and I'm like, well, AFL's probably not one of my big ambitions. Like, I can't see myself making it onto a list at this age, and it was a part of me just thinking, well, I'm probably too late. Um that was just in my mind at that, at that time. Uh, whether that was right or wrong, I'm not too sure. But it really, like, I was at a time where I'm like, fuck, okay, well, 23, I really made a decision, dude, just to start investing in myself to find out, okay, well, what am I good at? What could I really do that is going to help me live a good life? And, you know, dude, I was working at a, a dead-end job, like a, a factory job that I didn't enjoy, um, I was fucking working from like 3 a.m. till 11 a.m. Um, every morning, um, bar weekends, obviously. But um, yeah, dude, I sort of started to I started to read a lot, and I started to just open my mind up to different things and what was possible. Um, so I started to read books on you know personal development, just just basic basic books on you know mindset and what it meant to set goals and stuff like that. Um, and really, dude, my big intention, like when I when I um, I guess got myself back on track was that I just wanted to make sure that I just took a swing on something that I love. Now, I didn't know what the fuck that was at the time. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to get after it and see what happens. Um, and then that was when I sort of, I started reading a lot and investing in myself. Um, and then I, you know, got back in the gym, got into really good shape. So my goals were really attached to that of like, okay, I'm going to get myself back in the gym. I'm going to get myself back into good physical shape, into good mental shape. Um, and then, and that's when the goals started to become very clear. So I think this is a big thing about goal setting, dude. For where I was at, if I was to try and set goals, you know, when I first um, really got my shit together, it would have just been too much of an overwhelming process. It would have been like, I don't know what the fuck I want. And it would have been easier just to say, oh, well, I'll just stay where I am because it's easier just to not have to do it. Um, but I think a big part of it is, dude, just trying different things. Tried so many different things. When I got myself back on track, I actually did, like, fucking landscaping for a week. I did 
um, like this different little job casually for a week outside of the job I was already doing. I was doing it voluntary because I just wanted to try different things. So I'm like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I could do that. And it just was me just putting my finger into different things that really made the goals clear once I sort of started taking action. Does that sort of make sense? Like it wasn't really that I set heaps of goals straight away. It's more that I started to try different things. Yeah, um, I, I, I like... That's, um, that's, yeah, I was just going to say, I like uh, that point where it, was almost, it sounds like you sort of mean like you sort of looked after yourself and got yourself sorted in and then everything else is going to come from that. So you sort of you look after yep. yourself, get yourself in a in the right mental space and and fit and doing all the right things for you and then that's just going to lead to, you know, your decision and your path later on. Yep. Yep. That's completely true, bro. I felt to be honest like I felt like I was in pretty bad shape when I, you know, when I sort of got myself back on on track. I was, you know, I was picking up the pieces from not training for two or three years. So I was in pretty poor shape. It wasn't bad, but I was like, you know, I was in pretty poor shape. So I'm like, well, how about I get myself back on track? Started to feel more confident, started to feel more energetic. My, my head started to clear up a bit. I had fulfillment outside of, you know, going out on weekends and stuff like that. I found it in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, yeah, definitely it's a good, it's a good point you bring up. Like, yeah, I started to, you know, really take care of myself and then, Things started to really unfold from there, yeah. And now you're a, you're a physical specimen, so we'll just put that out there. You've got the you've got <laughs> muscles, you've got muscles coming out of muscles, so you're a, you're a specimen and a half. Um, <laughs> I obviously, haven't seen me for a while, bro. <laughs> We've been in lockdown for six months. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Too good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got new weights at home, actually? By the way, because I've got no, uh, no, I've got um, dude, I've got I've got some resistance bands. I've been running a lot actually. So yeah. I'm about like I'm actually I. I I should give myself a bit of credit. I'm still in. I'm still in good shape, but um, I'm not training as much. Like I'm training like four times a week. Um, each morning going for. I'm walking a lot too. Yeah, you know what we said before about walking clears the head. Massive. I'm, I'm lucky. I've got like a massive park, this big massive open area where I take the dogs and stuff like that. Um, usually each night or every morning. Um, so yeah, man. I, I honestly, man, I think that this is my big thing. I'm like success leaves clues. Meaning, you look at any successful person, dude, they look after themselves physically like a fucking animal. Yeah. You look at anyone, like, you know, you look at people like, um, you know, Conor McGregor's, people who I look up to, I love, like, I love Conor McGregor, you know that about me. Yeah. Conor McGregor, business people, Gary Vee, um, Grant Cardone, all these people who, like, are big inspirations to me, not so much Grant Cardone, but Gary Vee, <laughs> um, I look at them and I'm like, they all say the same shit of, take care of yourself. You can't take like you can't take care of anyone else until you take care of yourself. Yep. Meaning, fucking train, work out, get yourself into good physical shape. Even Kevin Hart, I've been following his story a lot lately because it's just an amazing story. I love his story. Um, dude, how fucking epic is it? Yeah. You look at him; he's in the gym like an animal now. Now he never used to really care because it was like a joke. He was like, "Oh, I'm a small little dude who's like a funny guy," but now he's like in phenomenal shape. Fucking hell, he's crushing it. He's bringing out his own fitness, like clothing line. Um, I mean, he says, I've been watching documentaries on him and stuff like that. He's like, since I've looked after myself, he's like, I'm in phenomenal shape. I'm more disciplined. I'm more focused. So, um, yeah, man, I guess it's a good good point to bring up of like, it's one big thing that's got me through lockdown, which is just taking care of myself at a different, you know, I guess level to being in the gym, but more like doing yoga, stretching, going for walks, um, 
than just looking after myself. Yeah, it's I I I don't buy into this to this thing that people say oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. It's like you have to make the time, and it's as simple as that. I don't care what's going on. You have to if you can't complain about you know not being fit and not feeling great because you haven't made the time to do it you have to make the time so like for me totally. i'll wake up and you know i'll look back on the day that i've had and maybe i didn't get as much of the work i wanted to get done in the day but i'm like but i had an hour and a half worth of exercise so i know that mentally and physically i'm feeling really good and you know if that means i have to forfeit an hour and a half of doing work stuff then I'm happily going to do that because you have to make the time to do yep. it. I love that. So true. I'll even do like my, I love training in the morning. I just, it gets me into state. Like yep. I just love it. Gets me, gets me energized. If I'm feeling tired as shit. Like if I just go for a walk or go for a run or do some weights and stuff like that, like it just wakes me up instantly. Like I will, and so say if I've got, I always just reverse engineer. I'm like, I've got my first phone call at 9am. I usually give myself like at least two and a half to three hours of the morning before I do anything else, I work on myself. Meaning, like, I'll just reverse engineer. If my first call is at nine o'clock, I'll have to get up at six. I'm like, okay, I'll get up at six. I'll go for a run, do some weights, whatever it is, have a protein shake, then I'll go get coffee and I'll sit down and I'll sort of reflect on the day, what I'm going to do, some, some goals that I've got, some things that I want to tick off, things that I want to take care of because it makes me feel like I'm in control. Mm. Of like, fuck, being... You know, it's 9 a.m. I've already fucking looked after myself. I've trained. I've meditated. I've set myself targets for the day. Now I can get into it. I feel like if I don't do something in the morning, whether it is just go for a walk at least um, and really set myself up, I feel like it, I, I get overwhelmed. I get like this feeling of like, fuck, like I've got so much to do. How am I going to get it done? But if I really sit down at the start of the day and I take care of myself first, well, then it really just allows me to... Just go throughout the day at a more um, calm and, and relaxed state. Yeah, and I think, so like you said, if, if so for us this morning, we said 10 o'clock, we're going we're gonna to have a call. So yeah. I just made sure that I was up a few hours earlier when got me walk, yeah. had me walk, got me coffee, was able to sit down, make my brekkie, like yeah. I just sort of, yeah. pe- so people always, you know, you hear people a lot say, um, you know, oh, there's no time. I've got work in the morning, you know, 9 a.m. start, whatever. <laughs> it's like, well, get up earlier. Like, I know it's early, but if you just – one thing I remember you saying months and months, it was last year at some point, you said when your alarm goes off, like, get up and just force yourself to get out of bed and not lie yeah. there. Like, that's, so that's the biggest thing I've done yeah. now is my alarm, 6.30 every morning and I'm up and I make sure – for the most part, there's obviously yep. going to be some mornings where you're like, fuck it, I'm of not course, getting up. Of course, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Like the, this morning was actually one of them, but, um, you know, I just make sure I get up because it's like, well, if, I'd, if I've if i got stuff set up for the day, just get the shit done earlier. Like get up earlier and just yeah. do it because I know once it's done, I'm going to be so much happier and feeling so much better about then going into work and that's out of the way for, for the most part. Like that's the best thing about it is like it's fucking done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Like the rest of the day, I've got yeah. you know, to do myself. Yeah, I love that. So it's true, dude. Like I always look at it. If someone says, oh, I don't have time, it's, it's not, it's like there needs to be a change of language around it. It's like, it's not that you don't have time, it's just that you don't prioritize what that thing is. Yeah. Meaning, 
if someone's like, oh, I don't have time to train, then I always just say, oh, if it's a client, and they say, oh, dude, like, I don't have time to do, um, let's just say, train. I don't have time to train. I say, well, that's not the case. At the moment, you don't prioritize training. That's what you're saying. You're saying, I don't prioritize my health right now. That is, that's literally what they're saying. If they say, no, I don't have time to read or I don't have time to do this course, what they are saying is, I don't prioritize my personal growth right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally like if you change the language on it and it doesn't sit well with you and you're like, oh, well, no, 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 well, I do prioritize my health, well, it's like, we'll find the time. Yeah. It's, it's so, so it's simple. So it's not a time thing. I always look at, look, let's look at people, again, success leaves clues. Let's look at Kevin Hart. He, if anyone's not going to have time, it's probably him. Let's look at The Rock. If anyone's not going to have time, it's probably him. Let's look at any other successful business person who's crushing it, doing you know amazing things. They've got the same amount of 24 hours as what fucking me and you do. So it's like, well, if they can have the time, then you know The Rock's doing fucking, who knows, 50,000 movies at a time, and he's still training like an animal, and he has a family, and he has a whiskey business, and he has this other thing, and all these other things, it's like, if he can find time, I can find time if I'm just running one business. Yeah. I can find time. So I always look at it, I'm like, well, if they can find time, fair chance I can. I've just got to stop telling myself the story of, oh, fuck, I don't have time. Yeah, you're spot, you're spot on. So the one of the things I wanted to pick your mind about was, like, there's so much stuff that I've, I've learned off you from these these car chats that you probably don't even realise. So yeah. um, <laughs> how big for you is, like, is routine? So, you know... Hmm waking up and you know what you're doing sort of at a particular time and because that's one thing I've sort of tried to get in the habit of is planning out my day almost to the minute just and doesn't always happen that way because you know things happen in, in the totally, day but, totally, but totally. Almost, having that sort of that plan of right I want to be doing this between this time and this time this between this time and this time because usually if I otherwise if I wake up and then I sort of just go about shit randomly. You don't get as much done. Yeah. Or in, in my head, I don't yeah. get as much done yeah. because it's not totally. planned out for me. Do you feel the same? Yeah, totally do. I feel like it's a great, a great chair, dude. I feel like when I don't plan stuff and when I'm away from my routines, I feel overwhelmed as fuck. Yes. I feel, yes. Like, I feel like, oh my God, like I've got so much to do. Where do I start? And then I get to the end of the day, I've done absolutely nothing and I felt like I've been busy all day. Yeah. And I'm like, my fucking god! I've just wasted a whole fucking twenty-four hours. So, to answer your question, like, like routine and and like I call them as rituals as well. It's like rituals that you do throughout the day. They are like I attribute my success to those little rituals that I do every day. It's not that I'm like different from anyone else. It's not that I have like a different. Um, I have different, you know, blood in me. It's not that I'm any any different for anyone else it is just the fact that my routines um are fucking on point with what i want to achieve so well, i look at it then like us as humans we're like 96 percent habit when 96 like 96 percent of what we do each day so nine out of 10, ten things you could say things that we do every day is unconscious habit meaning if you wake up and the first thing you do is check your phone then the first thing you do, you get up, maybe you go into the kitchen, you look at your phone again, scroll through. You, like that, that's habit. That's a routine. And that's ritual. Same as at a night time. If you sit there and just like scroll Instagram, Facebook, of a night time, you don't really do much much productive stuff. You just sort of sit there. That's unconscious habit, which is just routine and ritual. So I look at it and I'm like, okay, well, if we're 96% habit, 
and routine, if I can create habits that are empowering, that are going to move me towards what I want, I'm doing that for 96% of the day. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to win most of the time. Yeah. So I think the biggest routine for me, dude, is like my morning. Because really, I think like how you start your day is how it's really going to unfold and how it's going to end. So I look at it, I'm like, if I can get myself into a really, really phenomenal state early in the day, well, it's really going to unfold that way. So my big, my big thing is in the morning is that I do the same thing as what you said before of like, just get up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being a bitch. Simply get just get up. There's times when I, um, and dude, I can, I can honestly say this, like again, I teach this stuff and I love sharing this stuff, but there's still mornings where I fucking battle with myself. Mm. There are still mornings when my little bitch, um, there's a bitch mentality in everyone that sort of comes up every now and then when I'm like, oh, fuck, I've been working hard. You know, we're in lockdown. Maybe I'll just fucking sleep in. And it's that, like, if you keep feeding that voice that comes up, like, that'll be the strong, that'll be the strong um, voice. Um, there's actually a cool metaphor to this, Ollie, which, which you'll love. It's like our mind is, like, split up into two wolves. All right? There's two wolves. There is a little bitch wolf, and then there's just like a, there's a savage wolf who's hungry, who's just like wants to do shit, who wants to achieve goals. All right? Now, this bitch wolf is the one that comes up of a morning when you don't want to get out of bed, your little head's on the warm pillow, the dunas are nice and tucked in, it's cold outside, the little bitch wolf will just say, oh, look, you've been working hard, we're in lockdown, there's not much to do, maybe we'll just stay in bed. Now, if you make the decision to stay in bed, what you're essentially doing is like feeding that wolf. You feed that wolf, and when it gets fed, it gets stronger. All right? But if you can, like there's two wolves in every scenario where they'll also be the wolf that's saying, hey, dude, get the fuck up. Hey, dude, like just get up. You've got shit to do. Let's go train. You're going to feel better after it. Let's just go train. And these two wolves are almost fighting. They're like, oh, dude, why don't we just fucking stay in bed? Oh, let's hit snooze again. The wolf that you feed the most is going to be the strongest. That's why if you can get yourself to a place consistently where you're feeding the savage wolf and being like, no, let's just fucking do it. Let's just get up. That little bitch wolf will just start to dwindle away. It'll start to wither away and it won't be as noisy. It'll still be there, but it won't be as noisy. So what I'm saying to you is I still have mornings where this little bitch wolf says, ah, dude, you don't have a phone call for... No, fuck, dude, there's some days when I don't have phone calls until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Now, some people would just fucking stay in bed, maybe watch Netflix or something like that, but... I feel like my, my savage wolf just like kicks straight in. He's like, dude, get the fuck up. You lead by example, get up. And because I've fed that the one the most, metaphorically, I just get up more often than not straight away. All right. Um, and it's an important thing to remember is like whenever I, I just have the awareness of it, of it's not even just in the morning, but even throughout the day and stuff like that. Like if I've got phone calls to do and I'm like, oh, I can't fuck, like, man, it's been a massive day. Maybe I could just have the night off. Again, the bitch wolf coming up. And I'm mm. just like, no, no, no. So it's, it's just that fucking wolf coming up. I'm going to just get it done. And it's just having that awareness of, hey, this is just my weaker mind trying to convince me that it's okay just to fucking stay in bed and do nothing. All right. Um, but the more I can be aware of that and be like, oh, well, I'll just get up and do it. The more those routines and those rituals just be set in place. And then I don't really have to think about it. Now I can get up. I don't really have to think about it because it's more just a habit for me now. But I just like, get up, go train, get home, meditate, have a shower. It's all just 
Like, I'm pretty fucking boring, to be honest. <laughs> if, someone, if, if, if someone was, I said this to a client the other day, I'm like, if someone actually had like a, a camera and was watching me, they would be so fucking bored. It would be, the, it like, would be the worst be reality TV show like, ever yeah, be made. the worst ever. It would be, his rating would be fucking zero. No one would watch it. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, all I do is I get up, go for a walk, run, train, get home, meditate, feed the dog, um, fucking sit up at my dining table, make phone calls, read a book, go to bed, meditate, read a book, and then get, I'm like, no one would watch it. I'm like, <laughs> it is, but to me, I'm like, it's what gives me fulfillment and I just fucking love it. But if someone was like looking at it, they're like, that is just like the same thing over and over again. Now, obviously, I spice things up and I throw things in there. Like, obviously, on lockdown, it's pretty hard to, to do much for right now. But I always have outlets for myself of going to, you know, I have a day off where I'll go to the beach. I'll have a day off where I do different shit. I'll have a day off where I don't look at my phone. Um, but, 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 dude, it's just like this is the thing about the discipline of doing a, a, a routine over and over again is that people will look at it and they're like, oh, my God, it must be fucking boring. I'm like, well, so must be sleeping in every day. So must be being yeah. undisciplined and not hitting goals. I just There's a big distinction. Like, There's a big, I feel like, stigma around, like if you're so disciplined, people almost think you're crazy. And they're like, oh, my God, like, fuck, why do you do it? Like, why do you get up at that time every day? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you let yourself sleep in? And really because it makes me feel alive. Makes me feel epic, and I feel like a big part of success is just being disciplined and doing that stuff over and over again. Again, I'm no fucking different from anyone else, dude. I built a business that I'm very, very proud of, but I'm not fucking special. Come from the same place as you know so what someone might be going through right now. But all I've done is just do the routines over and over and over again for a certain period of time, and I've got the result. It's just such a simplified formula. It's like what we spoke about before, dude. Like it gets overcomplicated. But people are like, oh my god, I have to fucking be, do this, do that, do this. It's like, it's not that fucking hard. If you just get clear on what you want to do, and you set yourself habits and routines around that—a morning routine, what you do over night time, you reflect on the day. Like you're gonna win if you're disciplined. Like it's just so, it's just almost, um, it's almost too simple to understand. Yeah, and I, the earlier, the earlier you get up. There's just more hours in the day. It feels yeah. like you get more done. Like there's more hours that you're awake for that you can do shit. So I I love waking oh, up yeah. early. So then and then I go to bed pretty late as well. But I'm like, fuck, I've done a lot today. Like I've been awake for fucking ages, and I'm gonna be awake yeah. again soon to do some more stuff. And obviously you need your rest and and that kind of stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about sleep actually in a sec. But it's just more. You just wake up and there's just more more hours that you are awake to be able to do stuff. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I think we did this process, dude. Like, this is, if we just do some simple math, now my math ain't great. Let's go back <laughs> to my fourth grade teacher who wanted to keep me down. <laughs> um, but, but, dude, let's just say you get up one hour earlier every day for a year. It's 365 days in a year, so 365 hours. That is an extra 15 days in a year that you have. Just one hour earlier every day. If you get up at eight, if you get up at seven, you'd have 15 extra days. Mm. Let's say you live to your hundred years old. Years old. That's one thousand five hundred and twenty extra days. Pretty good. Do you understand the math in that? If you just get up one, let's say you get up two hours earlier, two times three hundred and sixty-five. Ridiculous. Crazy. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. It's crazy. How, uh, you know, so yeah, it is. It is. So so yeah, dude. I feel like 
Um, you know, having a set time as you get up each day is super important. Like right now, dude, like I used to get up at like twice, which is crazy. It's just because that was what my schedule was like when I was doing PT and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, now, dude, I'm, I have like a, I have a probably like a more profound choice of when I can get up because I'm in control. I choose when I work and stuff like that. But I still, to this day, get up at a certain time. Right now, it's, it's seven, dude. Like I'm not getting up super early because I don't have anywhere to be but my fucking dining table at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> I don't really have to. I don't really have to get up super early, so I'm allowing myself to sleep. You know what I mean? Um, because as I said before, there's probably going to be a day when I look back on this and be like. I wish I had to let myself sleep for that, you know, those six weeks that were in lockdown. Um, so I'm allowing myself to sleep um, till seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. waking up. I just wake up naturally at seven o'clock every day now. It's good. I don't have an alarm. Just to get up. Seven. Sun comes up. Perfect. Out for a walk. It's good. Yeah. It's a, you're spot on, mate. Now, you mentioned that you're a PT. So I want to I wanna just finish off your journey uh, into where you are now, and then we can really. It's been fifty minutes, but we're gonna, then we're going to really going to dive into what you are doing now. So I've got all day, bro. I've got all fucking day. <laughs> I was going to say I knew this you, was going to be a long one. Based I, on our car chats, I'm like, I better give this a bit of time. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you have nothing planned because I literally nah, have dude, fuck all to my, do. My, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, my, um, my next call uh, is for another four hours from now, bro. So yeah, that's, that's what we love. That's what we love to hear. Four hours now. Um, <laughs> so. So you mate, so you you went to the VFL. Um, yep. Played with, played with North Ballarat in twenty eighteen. Yep. No, yeah, twenty eighteen. No, seventeen. Uh, sorry, yeah, seventeen. I about it the other day. I'm like, oh, seventeen. We yeah, 17. I'm thinking. So, so, I think so, my first year at North would have been uh, like the VFL North would have been um, two thousand and eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So because then you had, then you had, this is going to be our third year playing together. In 2020, true, so, yeah. right. true, true, true. So then, so you had yeah. year with the VFL in 2017, then obviously yep. 2018 with North, and 2018 was the year that you moved to Melbourne um, to be yep. a PT. So, yep. and then now you've transitioned into what you're doing now. So, was yep. the transition from PT to where you are now as a peak performance mindset coach? Was that always mm-hmm. your plan, or was that just something that sort of came no, to you yeah, as you, yeah, you know, a- as you worked in, as a PT? Yeah, it's a great, great question, Ollie. So to start, start, so how I got into PT is a funny story as well, actually. And it comes down to, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I still had no, I made it onto this VFL list and I'm still like, well, this is great. This is fucking epic. But now what? I'm like, okay, well, now the VFL team's going to probably going to fold. We sort of knew that early on in the year. And I'm like, well, I'm not going back to work at my fucking factory. Um, cause I, you know, I sort of left the factory at that stage. I was just playing VFL full time, doing a little bit of work on one of my friend with my one of my friends who had like a um a cleaning business at the time. I was mm-hmm. literally just helping like do backyard cleanups and stuff like that, just to earn a bit of cash on the side. Um, and I actually still remember to this day, dude, like the strength and conditioning coach at um at the Roosters actually said, "Hey, like you've got good leadership skills, like you seem like you're into health and fitness. You should become like a personal trainer." And I'm like. Yeah, sounds good. So I started that next day, dude. I invested in a course and started studying. So it's these little things, dude, where I'm like, fuck, if he hadn't have said that, like, what? I, I, like, and it's these little things where I'm like, I think everyone happens for a reason. And I think that you'll meet, like, the perfect people at the perfect time. And, like, these little things that happen will really move you onto the path that is meant for you. Um, so I was a PT. Then um, we actually come to the gym where I was, didn't you, at one stage, Nathan, in, in Carlton? 
Yeah, yeah, came, yeah. It came a couple of times. It was, uh, it was a good little spot. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Was, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was a TT there, dude. For I was about eighteen months. Um, and you know, I sort of seen the writing on the wall, dude. Where I was like, fuck, like I was putting in big hours, not much return. I was doing okay. The business was doing good. Um, but I sort of looked at the industry, man, and I'm like, I don't know if I could do face to face until I'm, you know, until retirement. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just can't see myself doing it. So. I, um, I made the decision to take the business online. So I sort of transitioned to doing like a bit of face-to-face, a little bit of online um, coaching, which was just online, doing meal plans for people, doing nutrition, um, workout plans for people and stuff like that. Um, but dude, I was, fasc- I was fascinated. This is what made me really study like mindset at a deep level. I was fascinated how I could give the same person, you know, the same two people, the same set of skills, the same knowledge about meal planning, nutrition, um, workouts, all that stuff, one person would just like absolutely crush it. <laughs> they hit their goal and the other person would go get worse. The other person would be more stressed and they'd put on weight. And I'm like, how is that? I'm like, I'm controlling, like I'm holding them accountable. Like their routines, their rituals, I'm teaching them all the right principles. The one person wins and the other one doesn't. I'm like, it's not the circumstances that are different. It's not that the other one's more skilled than the other one. It's not that the other one has some magic um, pill, it's that one has like enabled themselves to really control their mind and be like, I'm going to get this done and the other one has gone the other way. So that's what made me study, dude, of like what really holds people back? Like what is it like their conditioning? Is it their beliefs that they have about whether, you know, oh my, my I'm just not going to be able to lose this weight. Like my family's big boned or my, I've got a big family. It's in my genes. I can't lose weight. And I'm like, it's those little things that was really holding people back. So I'm like, I don't want to just be a, a PT who, you know, teaches people how to take control of their health and their fitness. And now, mind you, that's a fucking phenomenal thing if you're out there and you're doing that, full respect, because health and fitness is the thing that saved my life. You know yeah. what I mean? If it wasn't the gym, uh, like, it was a massive escape for me. So it was like, fuck, if I could give that one skill to another person, it would just be a phenomenal thing. So anyone out there who's doing PT, I'm not talking down on it. I'm just saying that I felt like I could give more and I wanted to give more. Um, so I started to, you know, branch out and study like psychology. I started to study um, NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, like the programming of the brain, neurons and stuff like that. I started to really look into, okay, well, how has this person got to this point where they're at right now and how do we undo all this years and years of conditioning? Um, so that's essentially led me onto sort of the path where I am now, my man. It's sort of just like understanding that, okay, what holds one person back to another one? You know, what's the difference? How can I, you know, build the bridge to get someone from here to here um, most most efficiently? Yeah, uh, it's so interesting because I, I've watched you obviously progress into where you started to where you are now and... Yeah, it's a yeah. it's an amazing progression, and I, but I love that like it wasn't a planned thing. It was almost like just came naturally, like it's sort of on the fly a little mm-hmm. bit, and um, you know you take those steps to to then get to where you want to go to once you realise what you want to do. Mm. Very um, true, my man. It's a, it's a great it's a great pickup. Yeah, it's a great pickup. So for those that don't know, can you sort of if you could define what a peak mindset and performance coach is? A peak performance and mindset coach is. Can you? What would you sort of? How would you describe it? What like what? What is the job? Yeah. 
So, so my, my job, dude, if I was to describe it like in one sentence, um, to like simplify it as much as I could, it is literally just like wringing as much potential out of someone as I can possible. It's about me as like a peak performance mindset coaches seeing potential in someone that they can't see in themselves and me getting it out of that person. An example, like I look at people, I think David Goggins actually explains it best where he says, your potential or your performance is like, let's say it's like a wet rag. And he's like, most people, they will just give it like one ring and they will just like, you know, there's a little bit of potential or in this scenario, like water that rings out of the rag and that's their potential. But he's like, I want to get to the end of my life and it'd be just like, I have literally dripped every single bit of water out of this rag, which is my potential, out. He's like, I don't want to get to the end of life and think, fuck, what could have been? Or I wonder what I could have done if I just had a really took more action. And it's my job as a, as a coach, as a mindset coach, to look at someone and see them and see potential in them because someone did it to me, dude. I have a coach, I've had a coach for a long time who saw something in me that I couldn't see. He seen that I could just run this phenomenal business, do some stuff that was, that was awesome, um, make big impact and, and, and get, you know, rewarded as a result of that. Well, I couldn't see that at the time. And I had to have him really coach me, hold me accountable, break me through things. Um, and that's really a part of like what a peak performance mindset coach does is they see the person in front of them, they say, fuck, like this guy could absolutely crush it. He can't see it yet, but I know if I give him the tools and just work him through some stuff that's holding him back and then hold him accountable, he could do this. Um, like an example, dude, like I work with a lot of business owners now. Like I work with coach, online coaches, network marketers, people who build businesses because the funny story about me is like when I took my business online, um, I actually paid 20 grand for a company to teach me all the skills of business which are important how to market how to sell how to get your name out there all important all right 20 grand was probably a bit excessive but um i look at that and i'm like my business didn't really take off you know the reason was is because i had a lot of like inner stuff within me where i didn't think that i could do it i didn't think i could be successful i was scared of it Funny as that sounds, I was scared of being successful because of where I come from. I'm like, fuck, what will my friends think? If I'm doing this, if I'm doing that, what are they going to think? All right? And this is a part of like what I do with business owners who come on with me. I can teach them how to market and how to sell. I can teach my fucking dog how to market and how to sell. It's not hard. But what I can't do is really like build the certainty within him that he can be successful and he does deserve to be successful. All right? Um, an example, and I think this is what peak performance mindset really means at its core is I had a, I had a client who comes to me dude who had a business um, was doing you know five in between I mean, it, was in, it was in between the window of like four and six grand per month okay so it was just it was going okay nothing to rave about nothing not, not good not bad it was just going he comes to me dude and he said this was about well we've been working together for three months this is a good story we're working together for three months he comes to me and he said dude I want to find out how I can do ten thousand dollars per month now that's a, that's a better, like that's a good, that's a profitable business. $10,000 a month. I said to him, I said, how do you feel about hitting 10K per month? And he's like, yeah, I think I could. And I said, okay, great. Let's go for 20. Now he sat down, he's like, no, no, fuck, I've never been able to make 20 grand in a month. Like I'm not going to be able to. No, no, no. And I said, I know you can do it because I've seen it before. I, 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 you know what I mean? I'm like, I have seen it done. 
I know you could do it if you follow through on what I teach you. So, fucking God behold, we worked together for two weeks. He banked, like, in his account was like 10800 in the first two weeks. And then four weeks later, his business um, did 20900 Shit. Um, that was, you know, that was, that was banked as well. Like revenue was like 39 grand in six weeks. Crazy. So I look at that and I'm like, the only thing that changed was me saying to him, I think you can do more. Here's the skill set. Here's the certainty. Go and do it. Now, I think this is peak performance mindset of like, he thought that 10 was a stretch for him in four weeks. I made him see what was possible and he did 20. He did double that. So I'm like, that to me is peak performance mindset coaching, is seeing someone say, oh, I think I'll be able to do this, then giving them something else that they think that, this is the big thing about goal setting, bro. I feel like most people aim low so they get low. Meaning, I'd rather fucking, this guy, I'd rather aim for 20 and maybe he just missed and hit 17 than aim for 10 and hit it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. This is why like, with... This is why with all my goals, dude, the ones that I set my business on, the ones that I set for myself, I want to feel uncomfortable. I want to feel like, fuck, I've got no idea how I'm going to do that because it's going to make you just think outside the box and really ring out that, as David Goggins says, like the, the, the rag of potential. Do you, and do you think that um, people might set those lower goals so that then if they get anything above that, it's almost like a extra win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Two, two, like, two reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, like, I, I look back, I was taught through with goal settings, like, oh, don't aim too high because you'll be disappointed if you miss. So that's how I was taught. And I'm like, well, that's fair enough, but what if you fucking really live your whole life and not know what your potential is? What if you are someone who can do you know, fuck dude, with the podcast, maybe you can take it to a Joe Rogan status. But if you don't have that as your goal, it's like, will you ever get there? Probably not. If I set him, this business owner, if I set him the goal of 10, he would have got it. He probably would have got it, but he wouldn't have got 20. This is the thing, like, this is the important thing that I teach about goal setting and really creating like a vision is that you'll never exceed your wildest expectation. Meaning... If you set a goal of, you know, 10,000, now I'm, I'm talking about money because it's relevant to what I do, but it's not all about money. I'm just going to pre-frame that. But if you, if you set the goal of um, you want to do $5,000 a month, you probably hit it, but you probably won't hit too much more of that. You might hit six or seven, but you'll get to a stage where it's like, oh, I've hit my goal, I can slow down now. But if you set 10, you're going to probably get 10 or above. If you set 20, you might get 20 if you're good at what you do and all that sort of stuff and you have the right skill set. You might get to 20, but you probably won't get above that. <laughs> for, so now it's like I'm constantly moving the bar for him. It's like, okay, well, let's try 30, 40, 50. What's it going to go to? Who knows? And it's just about finding, okay, where is my cap right now? And when you hit the cap, it's finding, okay, well, what's the, what's the skill set that I need to take this to the next level? So to answer your question, man, I think that there's, there's a couple of reasons why people do set goals low enough so they know they can hit them is because, one, they don't want to feel disappointed if they miss, but two, they know they're going to hit it so they'll feel good. Yeah, it's as simple as that. And it's, yep. it's something you can put into nearly 
anything in life. Like I remember chatting to my mate about it while we we're at the gym together and yep. you know, you sort of say, Oh, you know, if you're spotting me then like oh how many reps are we gonna go for? And he'll say yep. he he actually said to me, Let's just not say because then he's like, if you if I you say that. if you say you're gonna do twelve reps, then yep. if you do get twelve, then thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, that that'll feel like so much harder because because in your mind you're like, I've decided I'm doing twelve. All these ones are extra ones. I, I don't that. think I can do it. I love that. But if you yep. if you just say, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna like do as many bench presses as I can, and then when yep. I'm about when my chest is about to cave in, then I'll tell you, and you can lift the bar for me. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So freaking true, dude. So true. I even, I even, it's applicable to everything, whether it's business, relationships, you know, personal growth, the gym, all of this stuff. And I always ask myself, if something's very important to me, dude, I've got many examples where this is applicable, but I always ask myself of like, if I had to get this done, like if it's a goal in business or whether it's like a, a, um, you know, uh, just a fitness goal something not as significant, if I'm like, if I had to get this goal done, what would have to happen? Like, if I had to hit 15 on the bench press, what would I have to do? Like, if I had no other choice and I just had to get it done, how would I do it? Like, an example, dude, like, I had a thing, uh, like a significant thing happened last week where it wasn't meant to, I don't have to go into it too much, but it wasn't meant to happen until, like, early this week. Now, I was talking to the chick about who was making this deal happen on Thursday, Thursday night, right? And she said, you know, oh, it's not going to happen until um, Tuesday at the earliest. Um, so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool. What if we had to get it done by this weekend? She's like, well, we can't. And I'm like, yeah, but what if we could? What if we had no choice and we had to get it done by Saturday? What would we both have to do? And she's like, oh, well, we'd probably have to do this, this, this. It would be very hard. And Dude, God behold, we got it done by Saturday. Now, it was only because I asked the question of, hey, what if we absolutely fucking had to get this done? What would we have to do? And just forcing yourself to think that way is a big part of like peak performance as well. Forcing yourself thinking, fuck, if I had to get 20 reps on this bench press, like, what would I have to do? Probably have to go, like, probably very exhausted by the end of it. But it's like, what are these like little cues that you can say to yourself of, you know, it's like when, when I have a client, like we usually do a session, let's say on a Monday, we do Monday the next week, like seven days. It's like if you've got seven days to do this, and if you had to have it done by Monday, what would you have to do this week? If you had to have all that stuff done by Monday, what would you have to do? Um, and it's that like level of thinking that will just have you get so much more shit done. Yeah, and it's... So you're sort of talking about mindset there. So I was always one, you know, you'd hear people say, oh, you can do anything. And I was like, oh, get fucked. You can't really. Like, you know, that was my sort of mindset. But when you, the more I've, you know, talked to you and talked to other people in my life, mindset is actually so powerful. And it's powerful even in terms of like rehabilitation of injuries. So, you know, less stress, more positive mindset is good for your body and it will rehab quicker. Um, and then, yep. you know, same thing in life in general and in business and everything. The mindset can be yep. so powerful, but you don't even sort of realize it. Can you sort of ex- totally you know, talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I, I feel like there's, there's an important distinction. I love that you brought it up of like, there's a fair chance that I'll never play NBA. 
Like, let's just be honest. It's like, you can be anything. There's just, you can be like, for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm about, what am I? I'm about 5'8 or something like that. I'm like, that's oh, cool. being generous. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's being generous. I'm nearly 5'6. But, 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 but the thing, the thing is, is like, I can't really, like, if I practiced basketball since I was fucking three days old, maybe I could be like a really good, skilled basketball or maybe make it. But the thing is, if I'm, if I'm even like, fuck, if I'm 28 years old and I'm like, fuck, I want to play NBA, it's unrealistic to think, oh, dude, you can be anything. Totally, you can do NBA. Fair chance I probably wouldn't because <laughs> it's just so unrealistic. It's like, well, I'm half the size of these, <laughs> these guys. I have no business, like no basketball skills, to say the least. I'm shocking at basketball, by the way. Um, so I'm like, yeah, you can be anything you want to a certain degree. I'm like, you have to look at, okay, well, what's my skill set? What am I really good at? Some people are just born more, um, I guess, more aligned with some of the stuff. Like, if you're, bo- if you're born and you're, you know, you grow to be seven foot, you're going to have a good chance that you're about to play NBA. You mm-hmm. could be that. You could be that if you wanted to. Um, so I think it's an important thing of understanding, like, yeah, you can be anything you want, but you've got to be realistic about it. But then it's like a fine line of, well, you want to dream big, and mindset's important. Um, but yeah, man, I, I feel like some people can be naive about it of being like, oh, I can be anything that I want. And it's almost like this unreal, completely unrealistic like thing about it. So I feel like it's such an important thing to just sit down and think, well, I can be anything that I want to be a certain degree. What's um, like an ambitious goal or what's something ambitious that is still realistic? Because as I said, if I was to set the goal tomorrow of play NBA, it's probably it's probably not not that clever to be honest, <laughs> yeah. um, and I would <laughs> that's just be real. Um, so so I I think you're right, dude. Of like, there's an important distinction of um, being realistic with yourself, but also dreaming big and thinking. Yeah, mindset to me, dude, it's it's, it's fucking everything. I feel like business, dude, is like eighty percent mindset. I yeah. could literally do. I could. I look back on, you know, I could teach, as I said, I could teach anyone like the market and sell and to, to get their name out there. But dude, there's days when I don't feel like doing shit. There's days when I feel defeated, but it's my mindset that really gets me through. It's my mindset that's allowed my business to grow over the last four months instead of going backwards like a lot. You know what I mean? So it's not that I am, you know, I can sell better than anyone else or I can market better than anyone else. It's just that my I made a decision that I was going to fucking go a different way. I wasn't going to be um, another stat of small business owners. I wasn't going to be another stat. I went the other way. So, and that all that is is mindset. To me, my mindset. It's not that I've got a special skill set or anything like that. I've got different skills in business and stuff like that. But it's 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 mindset. Bottom line. So, Spears, I wanted to ask you about your the clients that you have as a peak performance and mindset coach so you talk a lot about you know network marketers and all those people that are you know unique they need coaching in their business do you also have you know everyday people that just need you know help with i don't know getting through the day-to-day and and you know feeling fulfilled in what they're doing or is it like what what sort of range of clients do you have um with you at the moment yep that's a good good question so a lot of a lot of my um coaching is based towards um, coaches, network marketers, course creators, and stuff like that at the moment. But I still, I still run events. Oh, obviously, you know the events that I do and stuff like that around. Well, when when COVID isn't fucking us, I do um, I do events around in Melbourne. 
um, which are like two or three day events, which are more just towards, you know, everyday um, people who just want to live a more fulfilled life, which is be happy, just be more aligned, um, feel more fulfilled, um, have more energy, just like shit like that. Like I'm still super passionate about helping people at a, you know, at that scale, other, rather than as well just business owners and stuff like that. I still have a complete passion around just, you know, helping people live a, live a better life. Um, is it my main game right now? No, but it's still a, you know, if I can, I look back on my life and I'm like, fuck, if someone just reached down and grabbed me when I was just really struggling and said, hey, do this, do that, get your shit together. Like, it, it would have saved me so many years and so many, like, um, I guess so many resources and just saved me a lot of time. Um, so I still want to, so it's a big part of my vision to, to be that person that helps someone who's just completely struggling to, to find the light, so to speak. So, um, to answer your question, man, like, yeah, I do. I still, I still work with not, not really on a one to one basis, but I still, you know, coach people at events, um, through different online programs and stuff that I've got just to give people more clarity on, on what they do want and to help them have the skill set to, to do whatever they want. Yeah. So the, the retreats is where I was going to go next. So, um, before obviously COVID hit, and you even did an online mm. one during COVID as well. I remember. Yep. Um, yep. So, sort of, what's in what's involved in them, and how enjoyable are they for you? Because it seems like it's such a, you know, amazing experience. And yep. from all from everyone that's been yep. to one that's told me, it's one of the best things yep. I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 my man, it's it's hard. It's hard for me to even explain how much I love them. Like, I, I it's like. They're my like my passion of you know speaking to people on a on a on a broad level of having having people. It's hard to explain the energy in the room when like everyone's on the same path. They're here to learn. They're here to grow, um, and they're here to just fucking better their life. It is a it's hard to explain how comforting it is to be surrounded by an amount of people who you know are on the same path. So it's like, yeah, man, it's fuck, man. I even I was so emotional after my last event just because it was, it just felt so good. You know, the feedback that I was getting, the stuff like that. So, um, you know, it was a huge passion of mine. That's why I made the decision to do on, online, um, throughout COVID. And again, that was just a part of me being proactive and thinking, well, I can't run events. People are still asking me about events. How can I fucking, how can I deliver? Okay, I'll do an online one. So I did, I, I did that through what they entail. So I really like, split up into when they're, when they're in person. Um, they're two and a half days, but online it's, it's two days. Um, but, but, but really do like if I could explain, um, in a short, I guess, breakdown of what it is, it's like you'd get complete clarity on, you know, how to really form like a, like a really solid mindset. How to really form like, how can I get through adversity? How can I take responsibility? How can I live more as a leader? That's the first thing of like learning principles that, um, I've really learned from different coaches, mentors, life experiences and stuff like that of like how you can show up each day with just that like confidence, fucking resilient mindset. That's the first thing. Second thing is like getting clear. I do a lot of goal setting stuff, a lot of vision stuff, using visualization as a tool, using meditation as a tool, using gratitude as a tool um, to really manifest what you want. And then I talk a lot about like what truly holds people back. Like I use the example of when I was a PT of like what holds someone back from getting their dream body or what holds someone back from running their dream business, I talk a lot about like 
conditioning, our limiting beliefs and what it means to really break through them so that you can you know, make long-lasting change. So that, that's really what I talk about at the events. That's why people leave the events and they're just like, you know, I had one of my, um, one of the people who come to the last event, he said he'd actually been getting counseling for the last, <laughs> this crazy story, like, you know, like 20 years. Um, and he said that um, those two days at the event were worth 20 years of counseling for him. It's now, crazy. the reason why that's so powerful is because I'm up the front sharing a story and I'm up the front giving people a specific skill set, but he doesn't feel alone. He feels everyone else in the room is on the same path. And he doesn't feel different. If you're at a, if you're a, I'm not, I'm not saying counseling is not good, but I'm saying like it felt more intense for him and more powerful for him because he realized that he wasn't alone, that he felt confused about what he wanted. He felt overwhelmed. He comes to the event for two days, got complete clarity, learned the skill set to make it happen, and then went out there and did it. So, um, yeah, man, that's why I'm so passionate. I mean, it's two days where people can retreat from their life and be like, okay, well, all I can do is learn, grow get clear most people don't give themselves that time dude so someone to be able to do that that's why people get phenomenal results when they come so one thing i feel uh that you need in in your field of work is life experience so you've obviously got that in spades you've been through the works and and now you are where you are do you see that as important like having experienced some of these things yourself that you can sort of you know relate to them when they come and speak to you Totally, dude. I think I think that that's a big part of what makes me successful and um, what makes someone different is their is their story. Why why a lot of people come to me is because they see the story and they're like, "Fuck, I was going through the same thing," and I want to create something like that. Um, and I think that, dude, like the best way to learn is through experience. Now, I feel like this is this is why I love it so much, and this is why I love helping people so much. It's because like I know how shit it is <laughs> to be in that place. I know how much it fucking sucks to be in that dark place of like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I know the pain. I can empathize so I can meet people where they're at. I feel like right now in the coaching industry, there is a lot of noise and there is saturated because people are reading textbooks and trying to teach people like life coaching. It's like this weird stigma around it. Um, It's like, I don't want to be the guy who reads a textbook and then goes out and shares it. Like, I'm the, I've been the guy who's like, who's been through it, knows how much it sucks, can meet people where they're at, empathize, and then really work them through that. Um, so I feel like this is a big part of it as well, of being authentic and being yourself and being okay with what's happened to you. Because I'm like, if I, dude, I, if I hid everything that ever happened to me, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I never used to be that guy. Like, no, 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 I never used to drugs, alcohol, that wasn't me, no, no, no. If I hid that, I would not be where I am. It's only because I've owned that and I've shared that and I've really, um, you know, shared my experience through that that people really resonate. Um, so yeah, man, I feel like I feel like your story and, and like your life experience is your biggest your biggest weapon. Like most people think it's your biggest vulnerability. If I was to hide it, that would be my biggest vulnerability. If I was to hide all those things that had happened to me, it'd be my biggest vulnerability. But because I've owned them. And I talk about them, fucking, it doesn't worry me talking about them. Uh, like, I'm, am I proud of it? No. Would I do it again? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't regret it. So it's like I talk about it from experience, and that's what really helps me grow as a part of it. So, Spearsy, social media is where I want to go next. So, mm. you, you're famous on social media. Uh, well, you are in my world anyway. You're, you're everywhere. Um, how much emphasis <laughs> do you put on that 
uh, in your business and is there sort of a plan that you follow um, with your social media output? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, social, I reckon we've had this conversation about social media as well, dude. It's a, it can be, it's both a blessing and a curse depending on what you do with it. Um, but, but my man, my, my social media is, yeah, I've built my, I've built my business off it. I mean, I, I've never spent a fucking cent on advertising, which I'm, I'm proud of, you know, um, haven't done any Facebook advertising, no real, um, paid marketing. It's all just been organic outreach through Instagram, Facebook, referrals, stuff like that. Um, so that's why I'm so, well, that's why I'm on it all the time, dude. It's cause like, it's just a vehicle for me to grow the business and to get my story out there. I'll be honest, dude, if I didn't have this business, I would not have Instagram and Facebook. Really? I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend, totally. I don't, there's no, well, I don't see any need for me to be on it apart from growing a business and connecting with people. So I see it as a tool to grow my, my business and connect with people all over the world. That's why I love it, dude. I love social media. I think it's the best thing ever if it's used the right way. All right? So, and like, to break it down, like, is there a plan that I use? I usually follow a structure, dude, of I do at least at least two or three live videos per week on Facebook, put them on Instagram. I do Instagram stories, Instagram posts, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a guy that really inspires me, dude, who's Gary Vee. I've spoken about him before. If any of you listeners haven't heard of Gary Vee, he's a business owner. Um, he is a massive um, New York Jets fan. He has the ambition of buying the New York Jets, which is a, ph- a phenomenal story. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's an epic business. He runs like a few like very, 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 very successful businesses. Um, and he was like one of the main inspirations for me when I was like investing in myself and growing and learning where his big thing is like executing on your passion, doing what you love. Um, and him, his, his strategy is, you know, to really just document. Don't really create so much, but just document what you do for, you know, for your marketing. It's just a big part of what I do, dude. It's why I'm, like I walk the dogs, I'll put it on Instagram. I, you know, I do all this different stuff. I'll put it on Instagram, Facebook, because I'm just more documenting my story and my business rather than creating like these beautiful pieces of art. There needs to be a part of like being very creative and putting good marketing out there. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but a lot of what I do is just off intuition and I feel like if I feel like doing a, a, a Facebook live on, on something, I'll do it. I don't have too much of a structure around. I just make sure I do a certain amount per week um, and then follow that system. I like that. I like that point you made. So it's more documenting because when when you're doing what you're you're doing and you know you you preach about morning routine and everything, it's awesome to see it and see you doing yep. it. Which I think that's that's more valuable for you especially and for for many other people out there than I love that. Then you know just general sort of planned Instagram posts and that kind of stuff. I like the documenting mm. idea. I love that dude. I think that's a that's a, such an important thing you bring up, dude. Is I think that what makes someone truly successful is when they're walking their talk. Meaning, if I'm sitting here, like, seriously, if I was sitting here like just hammering clients, holding them accountable, saying, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, but I'm not doing it, I should not be calling someone out on that. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, just, I'm like, if I was, it's the way I look at it, if I was to go to a financial advisor, I would find one that's very wealthy. Because I'm like, they're good at what they do, obviously. Or if I was to find a PT, 
I would make sure that they had a very good physique. Because I'm like, I want them to be fucking walking their talk. If they're going to teach me something, I need to know they're doing it too. That's why coaches do. I go to coaches who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars per month because I'm like, well, I know they can teach me how to grow a successful business because they've got one. <laughs> All right. It's as simple as so that sometimes. Like, it's as simple as that. It's like, this is the thing. This is why I show up a certain way every day because I'm like, well, if I'm teaching people to show up every day and to, you know, fucking execute on big things, I'm like, well, I better be doing it too. So this is, this is a big part of why I document it of being like, it holds me accountable, but it also just like puts me out there of like, hey, um, this is what's been successful. This is what works. Um, and then it's just good for you to share. Now, one of the last things I want to talk about, Spearsy, was uh, sleep. So mm. in one of our many chats in the car, one thing we discussed yep. a lot was sleep and yep. really opened my mind to some of the you know some of the beliefs in sleep and what actually works and what is the sort of the way to do it so mm-hmm. um firstly the sort of the, the few things that you you and, and sammy were teaching me was the idea of waking up at the same time every morning no matter what time you go to bed um yep. which then goes into the fact that you don't need eight hours that's a false mm. um belief yep. um thirdly yep. is how your sleep isn't as good after you've been drinking. And I want I wanted to let you tell me the terminology of that in a second. And then the last one yeah, yeah. Um, is how beneficial napping is in the middle of the day. Oh, dude, you know me. I love that. I'm like, um, uh-huh. yeah, so can, let, let's just dive into that because I think that's this is something okay. that is, isn't even based on a, your job, but this is just like a general life thing yeah. that people should this know. Is just something that I'm, this is something that I'm passionate about because I'm like, dude, if, if I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, if, if like peak performance is all about like showing up every day, it's like sleep is so important. Mm. I'm all about like hustling, getting shit done, but I'm also like, you better be resting and giving yourself like listening to your body. Um, so, so let's start, let's start, at, let's start at the top. What was the first thing about sleep? So, so wanna, waking um, up at like the same time up, every day. Getting, yeah, yeah. Getting up at the same time every day. It goes back to like, we're conditioned in a way that like 96% of what we do is habits, all right? Now, it's, it's, some people call it like a body clock, where it's like, oh, my body clock just wakes me up naturally at this time. Um, so you think about it of like, your body will literally be conditioned in a way that it just wakes you up at a certain period of time because it's used to getting up at that time, all right? So if you can set yourself a time that you get up consistently, um, regardless of what time that is, it's like your body knows what time that you're going to wake up. So it'll get to a stage like where I am now, like I get up at seven o'clock every day. I wake up literally, even if I don't set an alarm, I'll wake up usually and it will come down to sleep cycles, which I'll talk about in a moment. But I'll wake up anywhere from 6.30 to 7.30 in that window. Usually it's about 6.45 or 7, 7 a.m. All right, I'll wake up at that time, all right, Um and it's just really, it's my body's conditioned that way. Let me list, tell you why it's important to just get up. Uh, I think this is an important distinction of just getting up. Because we've said it a couple of times throughout this podcast. You don't understand that we have like sleep cycles that we go through. Now, a sleep cycle goes for an hour and a half. Okay. And actually, I just want to pre-frame this and say, I'm not a sleep coach. So you just like, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you about what I've learned. But like, don't, like if you're having trouble, like if you're having trouble sleeping and shit like that, like, 
don't say a doctor. I'm yeah. not a doctor. I'm just <laughs> like I just have to fucking, I just have to pre-frame that. So yeah. like, I am not a doctor, so do not take this as like, oh, but Tim told me this. So it's like not gospel, all right. <laughs> but it is like it's just study that I've done. All Great right. Point. Um, sleep cycles. Sleep cycles are an hour and a half. So what we do is we go in and out of deep sleep. Okay. So we go. Oh, you might have heard of it before. Oh, well, when we talk about it, which is like REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement, which is yes. our deepest sleep. Yeah. It is when we are dreaming. It's when we are like completely fucking on another planet. We're just like completely unconscious. Now, the problem is, is like, I'm sure that you've woken up one day, like you've been woken up by someone or something's happened, your housemates have come home at 3 a.m., and you wake up and you're just like, ooh, what fucking day is it? What the hell is going on? You almost feel like you've been hit by a truck. Now, that is because you've been woken up in what is called like your rapid eye movement when you're in your deepest sleep. And that's why when someone gets up, you know, their alarm goes off, some days they'll wake up and they're like, oh my God, I'm ready to go. I'm hungry, I'm awake, I'm, I'm alert, I'm ready to go. That is because they've woken up at like the end of their sleep cycle. Okay, so let's just say the start of our sleep cycle and look at it like a, it's like a wave, all right, where you'll start in like real deep, like light sleep, where it's like you'll be half awake, half not, um, and then you'll start to slip into like really, really deep sleep, and then you'll come out of that deep sleep and into light sleep again. All right, and it's just a natural wave of how we sleep. Okay, so if you can, like, you're in light sleep, you're going to deep sleep, and then what you really want to look at is like, how can I have myself wake up in these really light um, aspects of the sleep cycle? All right, um, and this is the importance of like getting up at the same time every day because naturally your body will be conditioned to get up at this time, so it's naturally probably going to be in its lightest state at that time um but this is like the myth of you know this is the myth of like eight hours per um per night when if sleep cycles go for an hour and a half well eight hours just doesn't land on that number it's like seven and a half or nine hours mm. it's like you either sleep for seven and a half or nine hours but then there's like a law of diminishing returns where if you sleep more than nine hours it's just nothing you're not really getting any rest it's more you're just like your eyes are closed yeah <laughs> all right um so, so really looking at this is that I, you need to find out what your optimal amount of sleep is because it's different for everyone. Eight hours is like a myth where it's just like, oh, you should get eight hours. It's like, yeah, well, seven and a half is great. If you, like, if you feel epic after you have eight hours sleep, I'm not saying change it, but I'm saying is that you don't have to have eight hours. Mm-hmm. All right. I um now I don't just take my advice because I listen to a podcast from the number one sleep coach in the world, and he says he sleeps from twelve fifteen to six fifteen every night, six hours. Now you do that, it's okay. Well, seven and a half hours is like um whatever many that is like four four sleep cycles or whatever it is. Um, he's like I only need six hours sleep, and he says if I get any more of that, I feel shit. Mm. So if the number one sleep coach in the world is saying you only need six hours sleep, I'd start to listen to that rather than my mum who says, hey, you should get eight hours sleep. <laughs> Love you, mum. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know what I mean, dude? I'm like, I listen to the experts of like, okay, well, if he's only having six hours, he even says, what you need to do is find out how much sleep you need. Okay? And the way that you do that is just go to sleep and say you go to sleep at 11 p.m., all right? Whatever time you wake up, 
consistently is usually like your perfect sleep cycle. For me, dude, I go to bed at about, I literally do go to bed at about 10, 30, 11. All right. What time do I wake up? About seven. I usually have about seven and a half hours. I have an Apple watch, which tracks it. The average, I, might even have a, I could even have a look. The average, what did I sleep last night? Seven, seven hours and 26 minutes. Yeah. And it wouldn't be much different to that now that my sleep is just like, I don't know, have an alarm, but I just wake up at that same time every day. Um, so there is a myth around like, oh, I need eight hours. It's like, well, not, not, not necessarily. Um, you need to find out. Because look, I you know, look at people like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think he has four hours. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like you need to find, and even he says, I don't need sleep anymore. I don't really, I'm old. He's like, I can just, I don't really do that much throughout the day. I have four hours sleep and more work. Mm. Um, now I'm not, I'm not advocating sleep for four hours because sleep's just like the most important thing ever. But it's like you need to find out. Okay, well, what is optimal for me? How do I work best? Um, and I guess that brings me to the next question, all which is, you know, <laughs> when you drink alcohol and then you, you feel like you've had like we have like ten hours sleep, but you still wake up feeling like shit <laughs> yeah. because it comes down to the it comes down to the sleep cycles. Really, when you drink alcohol. Your body stays up for most of the night. You're unconscious, but your body stays up for most of the night trying to get rid of all the alcohol out of your system. So it's not, it doesn't really go into deep sleep, which is the most restful. When you're in REM, your brain is like flushing liquid out of the brain and it's like, it's like washing your brain. It's like literally like cleansing your brain and that's why you wake up fresh. All right. But when you're drinking alcohol, you won't get into a deep sleep. That's why you wake up and you just feel like, oh, fuck. Like your head feels like it's been hit by a truck because it hasn't actually been cleared. It hasn't really, you haven't had that much sleep. You might have been in bed for 10 hours, but really you've probably, your quality of sleep would have been like probably one hour. Yeah. That's why if people say like, oh, I had heaps of beers yesterday, but I felt good I had like 10 hours sleep. Well, you did, but you, you probably had like two hours really. Yeah, and that, that was the thing that got me. Uh, when you told me that, I was like, that makes so much fucking sense. Like, I will go to bed at, you know, let's, let's say I have a, a big big night out or whatever in Melbourne, in bed, 3 a.m., and then I'll wake up at 10. I'm like, that's that's seven yeah. hours or 11, you know? That's a long time in bed for me usually. And I'll wake up and I'm yep. like, what in the fuck? I am so tired and I don't understand why. Like, I'm, re- I'm ready to go to bed again by 3 in the afternoon. Yeah. And then as soon as I have a yep. nap in the afternoon and I have some actual sleep, I wake up from that little hour nap and feel amazing. Yep. So, yep. yeah, that's a genuine thing. Definitely, bro. Definitely. Um, and, I, and I guess that's good to bring us to the next one, which is napping. Um, again, dude, I, I just study successful people, dude. I just look at successful people because success leaves clues and I'm like, well, if it works for them, I can model it. If I can, you read about successful people, dude. <laughs> they really do like promote napping. Mm. Now, let me just say this and say that I nap most days for like even like yesterday I didn't. I just had a whole whole bunch of work to do. So I don't nap every day, but I do if I, I can because it really just like resets the body. It's actually like scientifically proven that you if you have a nap throughout the day, you'll even sleep better at night as well. And most people think like, oh, but if I nap throughout the day, I won't sleep good at night. It's a myth as well. <laughs> it's true. Maybe if you nap for five hours throughout the day, then yeah. probably you're not going to sleep. You're probably not going to sleep that well. Um, but, but yeah, man, I'm like, um, naps are, 
naps are super, super beneficial. Most of the people I read up on, they will, they will nap. Cristiano Ronaldo, um, Conor McGregor, heaps of business people, um, presidents and stuff like that. You know, past presidents of the US, I've read a lot about them as well. They nap. They used to nap. They used to, they, uh, I can't remember which president it was, one of them of the US. Um, he, he used to have it in his calendar. Nap. He used to have it in his calendar and his assistant would know that, no, we can't talk to him at this time because he's napping. Yeah. And crazy. sometimes it's, sometimes, sometimes it's the whole sleep cycle. Um, but sometimes maybe it's like, you know, um, this is the thing. If you, if you nap, this is the thing. If, 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 um, if sleep cycles, you know, an hour and a half and you nap for 45 minutes, the fair chance that you're going to wake up in like the middle of your like REM sleep and you're just going to, it's like when you nap and then you wake up and you're like, holy fuck, I feel like I've been hit by a fucking train. <laughs> yeah. All right. But then there's sometimes when you nap for 20 minutes and you feel refreshed as. Yeah. Now it's because like you haven't gone into that deep sleep. You've just had enough like light sleep that you feel good, but you haven't slipped into that deep sleep. So you feel like a, <laughs> you feel like you've been hit by, by a truck. Mm. Um, so again, I always, I always sit and I'm like, okay, well, I usually set an alarm for like 20, 25 minutes. Of, I'll just like close my eyes, I'll drift off, and then the alarm will go off and I'll feel fresh out. Yeah. I think, yeah. and the way you put it for me when we discussed it was, well, so you wake up in the morning and you're usually yeah. you're most productive in the morning because you're sort of, you know, you're into stuff straight away. You just, that's when you're up yeah. and going the most. And then it makes sense that then if you have a nap in the sort of afternoon, you can then be super productive in the afternoon because you've just woken up from the same sleep. And then, really then, you, are, then you are then – it's like starting another day in the same day and you are then productive yep. in the afternoon yep. as well. Definitely. I feel like dude, it's, it's an important thing to bring up. I, I feel like if I just work for the whole day – and not like have a break in between. I feel very busy in the afternoon, but really I'm getting not much done. Mm. I feel like I'm super busy, but I'm not getting a whole bunch done. When the opposite of like, when I really just allow myself to stop, I'll meditate, maybe have a little nap. I'm way more productive in the afternoon. And you're right, dude. It's like, I feel like I get up early. I'm not getting up super early now. I remember when we first had this conversation, dude, I was getting up at like five o'clock. All right. So if I was getting up at five, having a nap at like twelve till say twelve thirty one o'clock, it's like it's like I did have two days. Geez, I've got like you know, <laughs> I've got two days in one. It's like I wake up, get a whole bunch done, have a nap, and it's like a reset of being like, okay, well now I've got another day. What, what else can we do? So um, yeah, man, it's it's a very very powerful principle. And there's a stigma around of like, oh, you're lazy if you nap. I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't think so. No, I feel like. I'm I'm more productive when I when I do nap. I think the stigma needs to be broken. And again, it's like that discipline thing as well. So people look at people who are disciplined and they're like, oh, they're fucking crazy. People look at people who nap and they're like, oh, they're fucking lazy. It's like there's so much where people will point fingers at. You know, if you're disciplined, you'll cop it. If you nap, you cop it. <laughs> if you work too much, you cop it. Yeah. If you don't work enough, you fucking cop it. So it's like. No matter what you're doing, like there's going to be people who are like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. My big thing is find what works for you. The same as same, same as same as the sleep. If you have to have, I think LeBron James, I think he was sleeping for like ten hours or something like that. Mm. If you if you need ten hours sleep, go for it. 
But you need to find out what do you really need. LeBron trains like a fucking savage. He probably does need more sleep than most. For an everyday person, do you need 10 hours? I don't know. Maybe. But it's about finding what works for you. And then it's about, well, if you want to nap for an hour every day and you have the luxury to and you can, do it. If it helps you show up, do it. Yeah. I love it. And the stigma part is because I definitely was one growing up where I was like, oh, people in NAP are just fucking lazy guys. They're playing PlayStation all day. But, you know, there's uh, <laughs> it's definitely it's a thing. And I'd definitely, I definitely, I don't nap every day because, especially in lockdown, I don't think I need it right now. But it's definitely totally something yeah, that yeah, when yeah. I, when this is all over and I'm, you know, hopefully back into work, into the workforce, that want something I want to bring into my routine. Um, so speaking of routine, Spearsy, before we finish, you're a massive reader. Now, I want to know how many books yeah. you've polished off during lockdown because I have a feeling it's an extraordinary <laughs> number. Oh, fuck. I'm going to embarrass myself here. <laughs> uh, no, no, look, look, look. It's actually, look, dude, it's actually probably not as many as you would have in your mind. I would say I've read probably five. Really? Okay, so, so, yeah, yeah. So not... Dude, I'm actually, um, I'm reading very specifically on like dense books where I'm not reading like just like the, I guess, enjoyment or just like reading for the sake of like learning little things. I'm more like really like heavily invested in some stuff now where it's more technical. The books take longer to get through. I'm more studying them and I'm doing, I'm doing courses outside of that as well. So, so my big intention, dude, is, you know, to do one hour of personal development per day, whether it's reading, whether it's a course. Um, or something of that nature. Now, right now, that hour of personal development is usually filled up um, with with a course or a um, a coaching aspect. So um, the reading hasn't been as much as what it, as as much as what you'd expect. Um, but I'm still my intention is to usually read one book per per fortnight. Um, so yeah, man, I haven't I haven't been outrageously reading that much um but i've been doing different courses um that's why that number's down a little bit still more than me though so you're still kicking goals in that area (laughs) (laughs) Um, now spewsy uh you're a man that never stops as we found out in this podcast you you go 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 so what's next for for you in in life and in the in your career Mm, that's a how far do you want me to go so (laughs) um this is this is funny dude so i actually sat down a big part of lockdown dude is like um, you know, I've had a lot of time to reflect. I've had a lot of time to, I guess, set different goals and different visions for myself and, I guess, the business. Um, I mean, the business has, has grown a lot over the last six months, so it's been, you know, um, you know, I've got, to, I've got, to, I've got to really got to practice what I teach, and that's dream big. So, um, the, the next thing for me, man, is to keep this trajectory of growing. Um, you know, right now I've got clients in California, I've got clients in Ireland. Um, my big vision is to have clients worldwide. Um, that's that's my my big vision. Um, but my man, I'll I'll put this one out there actually. As a um, this one, this one, you won't you don't know this one about me. Um, but I'll, I'll, there's two actually. A big vision of mine, dude, is to write a book um, and to have a New York Times bestseller. So to have it like a book that's worldwide. Now I'm talking like long, long, long vision here. I'm not talking over the next year because that's just, again. Unrealistic. I'm probably not going to have a bestseller in the next year. But I'm yeah. thinking like the next 10, I'm thinking like conservative next 10, 15 years to have a best New York Times bestseller. Um, and my man, a vision of mine, I even laugh saying it because I'm like, it's just a crazy thing of mine, is that I want to um, create my own um, footwear brand um, yes. and create sneakers. 
So, yes. uh, you know, made it a massive sneakerhead. I spend a lot of money on sneakers because I love, I do, I love it. It's an art form to me. Um, I love the, um, so dude, I'm actually looking into like design school and stuff like that to start putting some, um, some pieces together, finding mentors and stuff like that. As one day, dude, I'll have my own, um, my own sneaker, my own footwear, um, brand. Um, and to, you know, whether that branches off into clothing as well. But right now, dude, I just want to, um, have like a, uh, yeah, a sneaker, um, production sort of setup going on. And it comes, dude, it comes off the back end of, um, Gary V, who I'm talking about. He's just a massive inspiration to me, dude. This is, I think this is why I swear so much because he swears more than I do. Now, that's, that is a lot. <laughs> All right. Now, him, like, it's like him, he's like 40 years, I think he might be like 46 or something like that. And he is, you know, dude, he's just super successful and he's the most humble guy and he's just an epic way that he goes about it. He's 46 and he just started his own sneaker. He did a um, collaboration with K-Swiss, which is like a good, like a massive sneaker brand over over, um, over that way internationally. Um, and dude, I'm like, I fucking love that. I love that. You know, he's built the following. He's built this massive brand. Now he's just doing shit that he loves. He's fucking building a sneaker. Like he's building his own sneaker range. He's building these, these things. And I think having these little things, dude, as a part of the vision rather than just, you know, money that you want to create through the business. Like, I want to start a charity as well. I want to start a charity. I want to do this, like, sneaker stuff. I think the more you can, like, think of things, like, that are just like, oh, dude, do I know how I'm going to start this sneaker thing? No fucking clue. <laughs> I don't have the first idea, dude. But I'm like, it's just a vision. Um, and really, the only reason I'm doing it is because I'm like, anything's possible. Why wouldn't I dream big like that? about things that have happened over the last six months that I never thought was possible three years ago. You know, if that only took three years of my life to, to make that happen, imagine what I'm going to do in, in 10 or 15 if I put my mind to it. Um, so, yeah, man, I guess that's um, one of the next big things is, is doing that sort of stuff. I am so around that. If you start some... Uh Yes, I'll buy them. Yes, <laughs> man. I, I'm a huge sneakerhead. I love as soon as I like uh get a job, first of all, I'm gonna spend majority yep. of my paycheck on sneakers and clothes. That's f- <laughs> how for sure. Fucking good at sneakers. And I wanna mention so, as well, you, you say how you swear a lot. Yep. I fucking love swearing yep. and I don't I don't like this stigma yep. around swearing. Swearing's fucking awesome. Yeah. How good is saying yep. fuck? I, I, <laughs> I, I agree. Well, I, I, I strongly believe that it's, it's just an expression. It yep. makes me get my point across and it makes me um, more energized when I'm talking. I feel like, um, yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> do you know Gary V who I'm talking about? Like, have you ever looked at any of his stuff? I don't think I do, but I'm going to. He sounds so like my kind of guy. Do, I, I promise you, like, you look up his stuff, you'll love him, like, especially with his podcast and stuff that you're doing. He, um, he literally, dude, like, he... He's turned down, like he was saying the other day, he's like, he's turned down like like six-figure deals, so like over $100,000 deals for speaking because the company says, hey, look, you can't swear when you come here. So he just turns it down. He's like, well, I can't do it. Yeah, because I he love needs, that. Like, he needs to be able to swear because it's the way that he presents himself and it's authentic to him. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean... Swearing, it is what it is. It's because it's, it. it is authentic. Because, <laughs> like, so yeah. p- people that uh, I, I don't know, I just I don't know many people that don't swear behind closed doors when they're comfortable in their own house. I'm like, totally do. if you're gonna, totally. so if, if for me, if I, I, my housemate's gonna test this, I swear like an absolute <laughs> lunatic in the house. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even know I'm doing it half the time, it's just like the way I speak. 
but I don't think it's anything bad. And then I get on here and it's almost like, oh, got to be a robot. It's like, no, fuck that. I'm going to like speak how I usually speak because it's more natural and it, I love it. it's good for the listeners, I think, because you see yeah. who you, the person actually is. Now, Spearsy, it's been great to have you on, mate. Uh, you've provided yeah. way too much time. I've taken way too much of your time today, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've given me so much. Now, uh, Instagram and all that, can you, do you want to give the listeners somewhere they can follow you? Oh, and get of, on course, your shit? of course, bro. Yeah, of course. No, it's been, it's been good to be on, bro. I've had, uh, it's been enjoyable. So, um, Instagram's just at Tim Spears Coaching is probably the best place to find me. Um, it's where I, as you know, always spend a lot of my time. So, um, there's probably the best place to find me. If you don't have Instagram, Facebook's the game, just Tim Spears. Um, and if you don't have Instagram and Facebook, are you an alien? I'm not too sure. <laughs> but, um, I'm also, uh, the website's www.timspearscoaching.com.au. But Instagram will be the main game, and then, then you can everything's linked through Facebook, the podcast, um, the blog, website, event info, coaching info, everything Instagram. There you have it, listeners. Get on board. Get onto my man <laughs> Spearsy, and uh, he will take you places. Uh, thank, thanks yeah. for jumping on, mate. It's been great to chat to you, and uh, hopefully, we'll be able to to catch up soon once this uh, fucking yeah. virus has gone away. Yeah, appreciate it, brother. Really appreciate it.